Hey ladies, welcome to the Diamond Hands podcast. So you want to own a med spa? Welcome to our community and explore the exciting industry of medical aesthetics and hear from experienced med spa owners and relevant industry experts to guide you on your path. Mindset, money, practice management, marketing, find it here. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Hands Podcast. It's season two, and we are here with Sonia Ellis, the owner of the Lab Med Spa in Texas. How are you? Hey guys, how are y'all? Yeah, this is so exciting. So guys, like she is you know, like a pioneer in this industry, like she knows her stuff, you know? So I'm so excited to get into it with you guys because I know a lot of you are thinking about opening a med spa or you might be in the early years of owning a med spa. And even some of you have been owning for a few years, we all could learn more. So I'm so excited today. <laughs> yeah, 15 years now. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. <laughs> 15 years, I love it. So, you know, Sonia, um, I definitely want to um, kind of get into your background um, because getting into the aesthetics field isn't easy as anyone who's in this field knows. So tell us a little bit about your history. What made you even want to get into the medical field in the first place? And how in the world did you end up in aesthetics 15 years ago? Okay, so this is a funny story. I don't know if everybody else took a... Briggs Myers or a personality test in high school, but I did. And oh. mine came up with either flight attendant or a nurse. So oh, wow. I'm just supposed to take care of people and I get motion sickness. So nurse it is. Wow, that's amazing. And then I used to recover VIP plastic surgery uh, patients on the med surge floor. Wow. And that's when I fell in love with plastic surgery and aesthetics. And the rest is history. I oh, picked up a needle God. about 15 years ago and just didn't look back. Oh I love it. Wow. I've definitely found my calling. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. So like, you know, your first experiences, you know, working and recovering, um, you know, plastic surgery patients, yes. what about that was like fascinating to you, you know, about the whole entire process, how you interacted with patients. Like, tell me more, dive into that a little bit. I just loved all the procedures. I thought it was fascinating that we could take the body that was aging and put it back. And especially mommy makeovers, you know, mm. it's as a woman, you're giving up so much of yourself to bring somebody else in. And we're supposed to be selfless. We're supposed to be martyrs. We're supposed mm. to not care that, mm. you know, our boobs are, you know, getting tucked into our waistband after the third kid. Yeah. And I don't think it's fair. I really don't. Yeah. I think that we should not be judged for wanting to put that back after oh, yes. we're done having kids. So I love the fact I loved taking care of the moms afterwards. And I, I think every woman deserves a mommy makeover after having kids. Seriously. Yes. Yes. Before sending the kids to college, get your mommy makeover. <laughs> You know, once those kids are gone, the only thing you're going to be left with is your hubby if you're still married or your partner, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's like, why do you have to be the martyr? I like put, get the tummy tuck, put the boobs back. You're fine. That is so awesome. I love that. So, you know, to kind of dive a little deeper into your story. So you were working for the plastic surgeon and everything you're, you're doing that. And, and, and so 
15 years ago, you know, the mezcal industry was still really baby. Like, you know, only 20 years ago, they actually gave nurses clearance to do this stuff. So tell me. Yeah, literally, we were still, Artifil was still out. Um, We were literally only had Juvederm. We literally only had Botox and Mm -hmm. we used it right out of the package. There wasn't, yeah, there wasn't a lot going on. Nasolabial folds, (laughs) you know, glabella, that was it. That was all we were doing, girl. Oh my God. So, so you started your business. So tell me more about, um, you know, that journey of starting your business, how that looked like, um, you know, being a mother, because I know you, you know, you, you were a mom and everything like that and, and being a wife at the same time. So tell me a little bit more about that journey into this huge business that you built today. Yeah. The funny part is I never intended to own my own business. Mm-hmm. ever isn't that hilarious um the patients did it for me nobody's going to take care of your patients like you do nobody and they're they're the ones that have built my practice over the years they mm-hmm. they're the ones that have been loyal they have followed me everywhere mm-hmm. you know I always joked that they would let me inject them in the back of an alley and we actually tested that theory once um one of the places that we rented was literally in the back of an alley and mm-hmm. they still came and I was like wow um they're they're serious wow. so um it's for them it's all for them it's yeah. not for me um mm-hmm. and then oh being a mom and being a wife it's it's hard whoever says you can have it all they lied mm-hmm. you can have things a little bit at a time. So I would have to go back to school a little bit at a time. I would have to build my career a little bit at a time. And, you know, I was raising my son, being a wife. And all of a sudden I woke up and I had this career that I had built a little bit at a time. And it was crazy. Wow. And I was able to open up this practice on something I had built slowly over 10 years. And wow, it was insane. You know, my husband finally said, why do you keep trying to give it away? You know, why do you keep trying to put it in somebody else's practice? It's yours. You've done all the hard work just a little bit at a time. And he was right. So I finally just, I finally just opened up my own practice and it's actually been the best thing that I could have ever done. Oh my goodness. I mean, it, even um, uh, there, there, there's a, a book that I'm reading right now by Dr. Joe Dispenza. And well, he's a good chiropractor, but we're not going to talk about that. But in any case, he talks about he's like really into meditation and all that stuff. And, and he's just like, you know, the little actions that we do every day, we're investing into our future selves. So that whole entire time that you were like one client at a time, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just treating them well, doing those things on a daily basis, that compound interest, then boom. Yes, I was very surprised. And that I was surprised that they wanted it for me more than wow. I wanted it for myself. It wow. was, I was very surprised. That I think that they are sometimes more proud of me than I am even more proud of myself. It's oh my really God. funny. It's so wow. Yeah. And, and, and so like, it's so great that you had that support uh, from your, from your patients and your clientele and your community. And, you know, something I do want to ask you, and I think it's not talked about enough, um, you know, as a business owner, you know, it can be hard to relate to people who are not going through building something on their own because a business is essentially another baby. Oh, yes. 
So we don't like to talk about that. It's another baby. So it's like, for people who haven't walked in your shoes, you know, what is something that you think people over the years seem to have under misunderstood about you? Um, oh gosh, I think they think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, they don't, they don't understand the why, you know, everybody has to have their why. And mine is definitely, you know, for my patients, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, most people are maybe sometimes getting into it for the money because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously our industry can be very lucrative. We all know that. Um, Some people are going to be doing it for the ego, for owning their own business and having their name on the building or something of that nature. Um, Not saying, not saying I don't have an ego sometimes who doesn't. But Mm -hmm. really, at the end of the day, yeah, it's for the patients. It's because I love what I do. Um, Mm -hmm. I love my industry and I want to leave something at the end of it, like a legacy. Um, And I want to leave something for my patients. Like that some, yeah, I mean, I want to build something that will last, like a training facility, a good aesthetic practice Mm -hmm. that, and people that I've trained and taught that can take over, that will continue to keep taking care of those patients even after I'm not here. Yeah. That still have the same mentality. You know, I want that to continue even after I'm gone. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a misunderstanding. It's not about me. Yeah. Definitely. I think if people think it's about me, it's not about me. Yeah. And, and, and what you said there, I, I think that's really important to kind of harp on a little bit that it's not about you, that you see this vision of what you're actually doing, because not only are you, you know, training new injectors, but you're providing, you know, income for other families, you're feeding other women's children, you know, you're saving marriages out here. (laughs) Oh, no, that's actually one of my, I actually, that's one of my heart gifts to my patients. I actually keep marriage books in my office. Really? Yeah, half of what we do is like half of what we do is psychology in a day. Yeah, that is so great. But I think that's one of those beautiful things when you know your why, why you're doing something. Because there's some of these, you know, nurses that get into this industry and they're just like, oh, I'm gonna make a quick buck, you know, da 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 da, and then they find that they're not successful and they don't understand why. And it's like because your why is not right. Yes, know your why. And it's not just, we're not just fixing people's faces. You know, you're with these people. um, You're going to get to know them. You're going to get to know their families. Mm -hmm. um, You're going to get to know some of the most intimate details of their life. And so they, they trust you and they're going to take your advice. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, half of what we're doing is psychology and they really, you know, I'm going to tell you the truth when you're on my table. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. And and so besides some of those things that you talked about, you know, what would you say was, what are, what are some of the things that you kind of like enjoy the most about your business in the day to day? Oh my gosh. I just love my art. Like mm-hmm. I get to play all day in some, in faces and yeah. I joke every day that I get a new barber every 30 minutes, you know, or every 15 minutes, you know, I yeah. see, I see 12 to 24 people a day. And so, uh, you know, every 15 to 20 minutes, I get something new to play with. And yeah. that's perfect for my ADHD, you know, <laughs> um, 
And what we do is scientific. There's a scientific part to what we do. We have to pick mm-hmm. the right product for the right patient and the right area. Yeah. But also there's an art, you know, to what we do. We have to see yeah. the face and we have to see what's going to look good and what, what isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or what might look good on that patient that they don't have. And so mm-hmm. it's like coloring all day. It's really fun. Oh my goodness. So, I don't know. I just, I love that I get to use the science part of my brain and then the artistic side of my brain. It's, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, there very rarely do I have a bad day at work. I love my job. That is so For great. 15 years. I love my job. Wow. And how many people can actually say that, you know, because, you know, a, a lot of people are working careers, they're staying in, in relationships, they're staying in states of mind, and they don't love what they're waking up to every day. Yeah, every day I know, I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I When I walk into a room, I have no idea mm-hmm. what's on the other side of that door. I don't know what the patient wants. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to work on today. I mean, I have a general idea of whether we're going to do neurotoxin, whether we're going to do dermal fillers, yeah. whether the patient wants threads. Um, but... Sometimes the patient wants something, but when I go in to assess them, we need to do something completely different. So it's still, it's, I don't know, it's like a surprise. It's like a surprise package waiting for me. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, so you talk about, uh, something I noticed I picked up on that, you know, you talk about the, you know, consultation process, Um, you know, when you go in and you assess your client and you're like, okay, things are going to be a little different, you know, maybe you wanted this, but, you know, what do you think about that? Tell me about that consultation process. How much of it is, in your opinion, is art? How much of it is um, science? And, and, and what's like the main main goal there? I know it's to make the client, you know, feel more attractive, attractive rather, but like, what would you say is your main goal when you're going in to assess um, a client's needs? Oh God, yeah. Um... I'm going in with three things. So it's it's the science and then it's the psychology of what we're doing. And then it's it's the art of like of what we're doing. So it's I'm going to ask the patient first what all they've had in the past. And then I'm going to ask them what they want to work on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'm going to put my input with that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to develop a treatment plan that they can use over the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they want to fix things very quickly. And then sometimes they don't, they either don't have the time or the budget, and then we're going to fix it a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're coming in and their daughter's wedding is three months from now and they've left their self last as usual. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we need, we need to fix everything immediately. Yeah. So it kind of just depends on the patient, but mm-hmm. usually those three things are in play. Yeah. You know, sometimes they're there for the wrong reasons. Sometimes I just have to give them the hug and I have to, you know, we've got some body dysmorphic disorder going on, or Mm -hmm. we're going through a nasty divorce and Mm -hmm. we're going to make a bad decision that day. And we don't need to treat the patient or Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a crazy patient that you, the, you know, they're the first thing that they tell you as the last three injectors that did bad things to them. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, don't touch that patient. Like, you know, wow. so it, it kind of just depends on what I'm walking into mm-hmm. of how I'm going to handle that consultation. But usually it's those three things. It's going to wow. be 
science, art, and psychology. <laughs> yeah, psychology. So kind of even touching on the psychology piece just a little bit more. So for, for those who may not have the best experience dealing with clients that are very pushy and who have, you know, bad, they come and they have a like bad experience with, like you said, three or four previous injectors, mm-hmm. kind of walk us through that de-escalation process when someone's coming in like, oh, you know, um, you know, Nurse Ellis, this is what I want. My last four people were terrible. Oh my God, they did this, they did that. I didn't like this. Tell us about that de-escalation process you go through. Yeah, I kind of first um, kind of try to take up for the other injector. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just try and tell the patient, hey, I've done that before. Yeah, I, I can do that to you too. Like that's a, that's a normal complication for this type of procedure or yeah, I've had that complication before. So, you know, this, this can, these things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, first things first, I kind of take up for that other injector and just say, yeah, those, those things can happen. Um, now, if it is a gross negligence, you know, I'll just say, okay, yeah, that was kind of put in the wrong plane or this is in the wrong place and you know we should take that out or mm-hmm. something of that nature but for the most part they're just they're not going to be a happy client and they're not going to be happy with you either so mm-hmm. at that point I just kind of tell them that I'm probably not going to make them happy and I usually try to refer them for plastic surgery or something else that mm-hmm. we don't offer in the office mm-hmm. because it's just the easiest way to get that patient off of your table because mm-hmm. you shouldn't touch them. They're not going to be happy with your work either. Yeah. Wow. You should just, yeah. You should just not touch that patient. Yeah. You're really going like to be the next person that they're complaining about. So now there'll not be five injectors that are doing something bad, but six when they go to the seventh one. Yeah. Yeah, but I really do like that. You kind of um, walk us through that de-escalation process because, you know, not everybody has great interpersonal skills and they're not able to they're either too scared to turn that patient away and they're like okay I'm going to treat them I hope everything goes well and they're kind of crossing their fingers or they or they just don't know how to deal with it and then the well, oh, okay well, and here's the other patient so sometimes it's the one that's complaining the other patient that you have to watch out for is the one that is they've already looked you up they've stalked your Instagram and they are praising you highly and you are their savior. They're, you're, you're the best injector ever. Um, you're going to be, you're going to be their saving grace. Um, mm-hmm. they love your work. Um, be careful of those patients as well. Oh, wow. It feels really good. feels really good when they Shrunk come in. The ego for two you're minutes. just like, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Next thing you know, explosion. You're like, oh, clutching my pearls. I did this to you that one coming. <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. But um, oh that's the second patient that I have learned over the years will sometimes go a little bit crazy on you um, because they're looking for perfection and yes. nobody can give you perfection. Nobody. Yes. Because nobody's perfect. Um, that's true. You know? So that's why I try to, that's when I teach my new injectors that are coming out, these Mm -hmm. are the things that it takes time for you to Mm -hmm. learn. Um, 
the, the psychology part of what we do. It takes yeah. years and years and years uh, to pick up on this because as nurses, we just want to make people happy. We're, yes. we're, we take care of people. That's what we do. And so we just want to take care of you. We just want to make you happy. And this is the hard part is when people aren't happy with us. And we, we sometimes don't see this coming. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's that's great advice though. Kind of the patience to look out for. You heard that guys? Patient selection, people, patient selection. Exactly. Because you know, and I think I've talked about this before, but but who we allow into our businesses, they become reflections of us. It's like, you know, we don't like to say that. We're like, oh, some people just like, oh, you know, they're they're a dollar sign, but no, it's like who we allow in our business is a reflection of us and it's better to build slow and have a and have a community of patients or clients, whatever you want to call it, that have the same values as you, who understand your philosophies instead of having these people that are kind of just throwing these bombs around the place. Because it's like, you know, doing the dumping conversation is not good, not in any industry. Yeah, I would suggest that new injectors sit down and really write down who do you want your patient to be? Mm. Really write it down. How, how old do you want them to be? Yes. Uh, what's their income level? Yes. What's their personality like? Really be intentional about this. And then yes. when you go to advertise or when you go to put your first office in or where do you want to work, be intentional about where you want to be. Because mm. if, if you're saying you want this type of patient, but, but, but you're over here, you're not being intentional with, with who you are and where you want to be in life. So I am very intentional with, with who I want to be with and who I want to inject. And Mm -hmm. that's what our office attracts. So it, it, it tends to work out for me. You don't have to inject everybody. Amen. There is however many millions of people in the United States, you know, you don't have to inject everyone. And, you know, that whole whole thing, intentionality, being intentional. I think that's something that is missing in a lot of businesses, just like helter skelter all over the place. You know, let's do this for the cheapest that we can and see how we can get by. And it's not intentional because people don't really truly understand their costs. People don't truly understand what's going on in their business. They just want a face in their chair. Yes. And it's like, no, that's, that's not what it's about. <laughs> but speaking on business too, you know, there, there's a, um, you know, I, I, I've seen it somewhere. I, I can't name who authored it, but basically there was a quote that said like, in business, everything can be a process or a system. Mm-hmm. So everything. So I want to kind of get your professional take on that and how that manifests itself in your business day-to-day operations. Yeah, it's like I one of the best things that I did was hire my business director. <laughs> <laughs> tell us more. And I'm gonna tell you why. Um I am actually not bad at business. I'm I'm not. I it's just not my passion. Guys, my passion is in my room with my patients with something in my hands that I'm probably going to put in their face. (laughs) So, (laughs) yes, I love that. Um, One of the best things that I did was hire my business director that we have known each other for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I trust her implicitly and she really, really just 
holds down the business side of things. Now, does that mean that I am not part of the business side of my practice? No, I mm-hmm. am totally part of the business side of my practice. Yeah. Um, we have meetings. We, of course, we have, we put the processes in place. Yes. Um, we make sure that we can scale the business. Yes, we do all of that, but I trust her implicitly and I don't have to do as much of that as I get to be on the artistic side, the training side. I get to more run that side of the practice more than the business side of the practice. Although I have to know that side of the practice. I have to. It's like, if I don't know that side of the practice, I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to have your checks and balances everywhere, especially when you're, it's yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like if you're not watching the store, so to speak, I mean, that's that's you. That's other people's livelihood. Yeah. And no one else is going to care that you said, oh, I kind of outsourced that completely without even checking on it. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably the closest thing I'm ever going to find of somebody that um, she's probably going to be the closest thing that I find of somebody who cares about my business like I do but mm-hmm. yeah nobody's going to care about your business the same way that you do yeah every time I'm pretty much injecting three days a week straight yeah um I train one day a week and mm-hmm. then I try to do admin one day a week like answering nice. emails text phone calls just things that we have the type of job where we have something in our hands all the time we're talking to somebody so we don't we don't get to answer emails, phone calls, texts, like, mm-hmm. like we want to in a timely matter during the day. Yeah. So we play catch up a lot on certain mm-hmm. days. Um, injectors do. Mm-hmm. So on the weekends, that's when I'm really like working on the business and trying to like move it forward. So mm-hmm. my poor, my poor employees, they're getting like, <laughs> they're getting like 50 emails on a Saturday, Saturday, you're like, I'm like Sorry. just don't open them. Just open them on Monday. It'll be fine. Oh my God. I'm just but at least you do you know? carve out that time to kind of um, focus on that more strategic part of your business. Yes. Because if you don't take that time to kind of focus even just a little bit on the strategic part of your business, you're it, there's there's no there's there's no direction and it's just going yeah, you all can't over the move place. Forward. You know, mm-hmm. we want, to, you know, we're starting the training, but we want to move it to more online training. You know, yeah. you can't do any of that if you're not, if you're not strategically trying to think about that. And unfortunately we have the type of job where we're actually physically working. So yeah. yes, you do have to give extra time to that on the weekends. You do need to have good work-life balance, which is hard to do because as you said, it's a, it's like having a child. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like having a toddler that (laughs) is with you all the time. Every three hours. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay. And, you know, so with that, you know, you're, you've been talking about your school. So tell us a little bit more about the education that you're developing, um, who your target market is uh, for the education that you're developing. Is it is it all hands on? Is it online? Kind of dive deep into that and, and let us know. Right now, it's it's all hands on. I have a thousand square foot training facility located in my four thousand square foot building. So we have the 3,000 square foot med spa downstairs, mm-hmm. and then we have 1,000 square foot upstairs. Um, so we have a 10-seater conference table upstairs. Um, the wall is, we removed the wall to one of the rooms upstairs, and 
now it's, you can look straight into the training facility. So it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love training in there. I mean, we're, we're, we're hosting a training today. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like people to come to me, although I do travel and train people at their offices as well. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I only do advanced training. I, I will take a, a brand new injector every once in a while, but like I'm really not your, I'm really doing them a disservice. I'm really, but our two other injectors that um, work here, they will be doing the brand new injectors. So we'll start offering that here pretty soon. Eventually we'll have monthly offerings. So we'll send out an email. These are the, these are the classes that we'll have this month. People will just Mm -hmm. sign up for the classes and they'll come either here to the office to train Mm -hmm. or we'll have webinars online. Oh yeah, that's, that's where we're headed in the future. But Mm -hmm. right now it's just on demand. That's awesome. People just call, they book their private training and Mm -hmm. we train them. Very nice. Yeah. And, I, and I've seen like a more of a trend, you know, especially with experienced injectors like yourself really giving back, you know, because there's only so many DMs you can answer until you're like, ma'am, <laughs> like either put your money where your mouth is and start this or sit down. <laughs> yes. I am on the Facebook groups. I get a lot of messages on IG. I answer a lot of questions. I try to give back as much as possible. Mm-hmm. It kind of scares me sometimes because we do have a trend of self-injectors at home. And every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'll get a question on social media that is just so basic that mm-hmm. I wonder who I'm talking to. I'm like, how, you know, who am I talking to? Are you really a nurse? You know, am I, am I fostering this self-injecting world? Am I answering a question for somebody? And then they're going to go and inject themselves at home. You know, you know, I, I wonder sometimes am I helping or am I doing something bad? So yeah, it's hard, but I'm trying to help. I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to pay it forward. Somebody had to train me. Somebody had to mentor me. So I'm trying to mentor this next level of nurses. And so I just try to do the right thing. And I just try to answer as many questions as I can, you know, on social media and help, help this next generation. Uh, but yes, it is, it takes a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine. And even with like, so just a question for you with the self-injecting, you know, I've seen people who own their own businesses and things like that. They show themselves self-injecting on Instagram. Um, and they're like, oh, look, guys, I, I did my own filler. And, and they and they show that on a reel or a TikTok or whatever. So what is your um, opinion on that? OK, so back in the day when there weren't a lot of us injectors out there, we kind of didn't have a choice. I mean, we I mean, there we didn't know each other. We nobody who was going to inject the injector. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of had to self-inject and that's kind of where it stemmed from. And then we were trying to, we just thought it was cool, um, to show people how we injected ourselves online, um, because we were educating people. Mm-hmm. So that's how, it, that's where it stemmed from. And it was okay. Well, then there became a pandemic uh, but of course, we we are educated. We we know our anatomy. We know where we're going. But some of the things that we were doing were very dangerous. And yes, we we should not be doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, we probably just got lucky, is what I'm going to say. Um, yeah. 
So now we know um, that we should not be doing it. And now there, there's a whole nother world of injectors out there. We all know each other. We, we all go to each other's offices. We inject each other. Um, we don't have to do that anymore. And we all made a pact that we would not self-inject online anymore. And, um, but it hasn't made it to everybody or there's a new set that comes out and they do it. They haven't gotten the memo yet. People are watching and, you know, even, even going back, because we all saw or during COVID that woman put, who put Gorilla Glue on her hair, you know? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> and yeah. it's not, it was a sad situation, but there are people in this world that are, that will literally do the most ridiculous nonsense. And they'll be like, oh, where did you see that? And they'll be like, oh, online. But who's liable for that stuff? So if someone says, okay, I saw that this doctor was doing this or this nurse practitioner was doing this and I decided that I'm going to put filler in my lips that I bought off-label from China. Exactly. So I I did my, I, I can sleep good at night because I did what I thought was the right thing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. But um, yeah, I don't agree with us putting self-injecting videos online. Like we we just should not be doing that kind of stuff. We should be bringing our product to another injector's office. We should be injecting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cannot see um, what's in our syringe. We, yeah. you know, we can't see how much we're putting in. Um, we're just not going to get the best results. You know, we're going to get a better result if somebody else is doing it. Definitely. Yeah. So just from a safety it's not a, standpoint. It's not only a safety thing. It's yeah. it's also a quality. We're oh, yeah. Get, we're going to get better quality if somebody else is doing it for us. Yeah, exactly. So that, that makes 100% sense. And kind of um, speaking of surgery and, 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 and trends and things that we see online, you know, for you in your, in your 15 years of experience, you know, what do you think are some of the most effective procedures for women who are in their like, you know, 50s and 60s. Um, and also, what do you think the biggest divide is in the aesthetic trends when it comes to younger patients and more mature patients? And do you think that gap is widening in what they want aesthetically or it's becoming more, you know, homogenous? Hmm. That's interesting. I think it depends on where you're at in the U.S. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- I mean, I really do. I think it depends on how plastic per capita your place is. You know, um, here in the Dallas area, we're very plastic per capita, so yeah. our moms look like their daughters. Mm, they Texas. do, but, but not in a bad way. I mean, you know I'm in Texas, everything's better in Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. Like. Yeah, we we <laughs> love our boobs and we love our Botox. You yeah. know, so um, <laughs> and we like to keep on top of it. You know, we don't we don't leave the house without our lipstick on. You know, um, it's not that we want to look like our daughters. It's that mm-hmm. we we care about the way that we look. And so yeah. I do think it depends on where you're located. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they want to look as young as that, but they are going to chase it a little bit more per se. Yeah. So your East Coast, your West Coast, um, Arizona, Texas, mm-hmm. 
you know, those areas are going to be a little bit more plastic per capita. So I do think that you're going to see different trends there than you are, like, let's say, in the Midwest, you know, like, yeah, kind of thing. So um, now as far as like what's more popular in the 50 and 60 year olds, um, it's kind of funny here. Threads are really, really hot right now. Mm. Really hot. Um, a lot of women are trying to stave off the facelift, which of course me as a plastic surgery nurse, I don't understand. I love <laughs> facelifts. I think they're amazing. Yeah. Um, even though I'm in a non-surgical realm, I, mm. I think a fabulous facelift is great. And I yes. think that people should still do it. I still sell plastic surgery at least twice a day in my office. I still That's have to amazing. people away twice a day in my office and send them to a plastic surgeon's office because I know what they need is not what's in my office. That's so good though. Um, so thank God the plastic surgeons love me here in this area. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love it. Um, so, but a lot of them really like threads because they're, you know, they are trying to not have surgery. Mm -hmm. um, but it's always gonna be filler, you know, and it's always gonna be, neurotoxin doesn't work as well as they get older, you know, mm -hmm. because there's the muscle bed thins, um, the skin is thinner, there's not as much, they're not gonna get as good quality with the neurotoxin as they get older. But yeah. dermal filler and threads, um, they're, they're still gonna get good quality treatments with that. So I yeah. think in the 50s and the 60s, that they're always gonna love those, always. That always gonna have at the table. It makes a lot of sense. And um, I'm not sure how you feel about this question, but, you know, this is kind of like for the younger folks. I, I see younger and younger people now getting, you know, baby, baby Botox or whatever you call it. And so we'll be like 18 years old and they're already starting with, you know, toxins. I will not put neurotoxin in somebody unless they stop moving and the wrinkle stays. If the wrinkle stays, you're getting mm -hmm. a neurotoxin. I don't care how old you are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because if it's hereditary and it's going to be horrible, why am I going to let it come? Mm -hmm. So I've only injected one person that was younger than 18 with a neurotoxin. And mm -hmm. she just had a horrible hereditary line that oh, wow. ran in her family. And it was going to be horrible. I mean, wow. I was going to have to get that out before her wedding. And Why? Yeah. I mean, it took four units to knock it out and mm -hmm. it, we kept it at bay and it was fine. So I do that on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. If a patient has a horrible gummy smile and they're leaving for college and I can change their life with a half syringe of filler mm -hmm. and I'm going to, and I'm going to give them a good quality social life that they didn't have in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put a half syringe of filler in them. And yeah. I'm not going to worry about body dysmorphic. They already have body dysmorphic disorder because yeah. of your gummy smile. Wow. So I think we really have to take those cases on a case by case basis. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's I don't think it's wrong to treat somebody underage. I think mm -hmm. it's I think it's wrong to to make a blanket statement about it. Mm -hmm. I think okay. we really really have to look at each individual patient and say why am I doing it? Yeah. And why do they want it? If they yeah. just want it because they want bigger lips, you're not getting it. <laughs> you're yeah. not getting it. You, 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 you know, there has to be something 
you know, physically wrong. It's just like when I was in the plastic surgery world, if we're going to send a girl off and she has an A cup and a C cup, you don't think I want her to have a, a breast augmentation on her A cup before she leaves for college? I do. Oh, I want yeah, to fix asymmetry before she leaves. Oh, yeah. So that she can have a normal college experience and she doesn't doesn't want to not take her shirt, shirt off at the pool. Yeah. So I think it's, it goes back to the psychology. It goes back to why we're doing it. It goes back to intention of why we're doing what Tension. we're doing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think it's fine to treat people underage as long as you know why you're doing it. Why you're doing it. Yeah. You kind of go back, you know, you come back full circle, full circle, because yeah. you know your why so much. And speaking of like, you know, um, you know, how someone views themselves and things like that. As a businesswoman, and as you see people coming into this business, how do you think self-worth affects how one manages their business and even down to how they price? Oh, oh, girl, this one is a big one for me because <laughs> I was working part time and I was a mom and I was a wife and I saw myself as that first before mm -hmm. I saw myself as a career person. Wow. And so I sold myself short for years. Girls, don't do it. You heard uh, <laughs> Listen to Sonia. Um, yeah, I am so mad at myself. I, well, I'm not mad at myself. I, you, when you know better, you do better. And um, you just, ah, uh, yeah, know your worth. I think we've talked about, I think we talked about this before, but like, no, you're working. Yeah. And yeah. just because you are not working as hard as somebody else, you know, I considered myself a part-timer. So I just, I don't know why I felt like I didn't deserve mm. the same, maybe salary or the same benefits or the same whatever, because, but I was doing the same volume as they were in three days. Mm. Mm. and yeah I wasn't I wasn't asking for what I should have from day one wow. and so you know I see the same amount of people in three days as most people see in five wow yeah wow and I was getting about half the compensation mm. for years and I wow. did it for years now I love my job mm -hmm. and my husband makes good money and so I don't really have to work but like, um, I've always worked and, and I love my job and I love what I do and, and I don't do it for the, like the money per se, mm -hmm. but, um, you're still, you're still worth it and you should still get it, I guess. You know what I mean? And that's why I tell everybody, know your worth and it's okay. Like you deserve every penny. So don't be afraid to go in and ask for it. Even, even if you don't need it, even if you don't care about it, you, you should, you still deserve it. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask for it. Now I've got no problems. If somebody complains about my prices, I'm like, girl. <laughs> You're like, honey, last time I checked, I am the best ball equivalent to the Gucci store. It's like, do you know how expensive these hands are? Like, yeah, that's literally your your hands are probably worth on their own probably like half a mil, mil, you know, it's like all the all the time and the things that you put in to get the skill that you have now. I have spent twenty thousand dollars just on thread training, mm, just yeah. on thread training. 
just exactly just. exactly yes. that doesn't even yeah that doesn't even count all the years of experience mm-hmm. that you've gotten and yeah. most injectors we pay for all of our own training oh yeah so, yeah I tell you know when my girls complain about prices I'm just like guys you know our pri- you know our product's expensive and then my training is expensive and so yeah lay down mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you want to look like how you want to look, like trust the master. Let me do what I do. Pay me those master prices. And and, and that's where it ends. I, I love that. Um, and, you know, we're kind of wrapping down here, but, you know, with your relationship. So I, I've seen that, I mean, you know, I'm spying on you. I've seen that you kind of developed like a, a really a great group of, of, of other injectors that you kind of like lean on. So, how has that group of women helped you to stay sharp in the business? How do they enhance what you already do or even just um, what's the word affirm what you do? So tell, tell us about that. Yes. Okay. Our world can get a little bit tricky um, because we've got like three different layers, you know, like going on right now in, um, Oh, oh God. Okay. So um, we've got our OGs who are the people who macheted a jungle so that the rest of us can be here. And my problem with that is that most of the people that are out here doing this, this work don't even know their names. And I literally want to like choke them out, you know, because know, know who got you here. Wow. Know, know the Jill Keens of the world, know the Jerry Obies of the world, you know, know, know who macheted your jungle so that you can have your career that you have. Um, yeah. You know, the, most people know Connie Brennan, but like know all of them. Yeah. And I usually try to post them once a year so mm-hmm. that people can become familiar again. Um, and, and a lot of the time it's not their fault. They're brand new injectors. They, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, our industry has been so watered down with all these injectors and everybody out there and IG and it's, it gets all crazy. But um, so, you know, we've got our OGs and they're not very heavy on social media and these women are icons and it's like, I just don't want to lose them and I don't want to lose their, you know, their history and what they have given us over all, you know, they've been injecting 40 years 30, 40 years they've been in the industry. It's insane. It's insane. So then you've got your 20, 30-year-old OGs. You know, that's your Julie Kaplan's, that's your Leslie Fletcher's, that's your um, Haley Woods of the world, um, your Kevin Harrington's, your gorgeous George's. um, You know, so I think most people know them. I think most people are... uh, they kind of know that one. I'm, I'm kind of like whoop, right underneath that. <laughs> I'm like, or I'm like, like here. Yeah, I love it. You're like coming in hot. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm like at that like 15 year mark. I'm like, I'm like yes. real sneaky, just like you know, right here. Right so, there. Yeah. Um, and then you've got all. I mean, and now we've got this huge influx of, um, you know, people that have been migration for like the last five to ten years. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it. it. It's what I call our disruptors, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the industry does need to be disrupted a little yeah. bit, you know. Yeah. And I like, I like that we're getting a little bit disrupted. But yeah. can you see it? Can you see all the layers? It gets yeah. a little crazy. It's a little 
gets a little nuts. And um, so I, you know, it's like, and all these like new injectors are, can you see how it can get confusing for them? Yeah, like who do you talk to? Like who is truly an expert? Who just paid for a bunch of followers? Who just like, you know, because just because someone has 80,000 followers doesn't mean that they're an amazing injector. And I think, you know, especially, I, I don't know who put it up, but on, on you, you, people can get lost in that. And, and it's like followers does not always equate good business practices. It doesn't always a great happy, equate happy clients. It doesn't, you know, because just because you put it up before and after of what immediately happened after someone got injected, we don't know what the follow-up process is four weeks later. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, I mean, it's like, I love it all. I love, Mm -hmm. I love, I just, I love our industry and I love everything. And I, but I do, we need to find a way to like, kind of bring it all together and bring us all together and kind of have one voice and, you know, just the way that we talk about anatomy, Codafana just talked about this. We're using all this different terminology for just anatomy, you know, so you know, one person's talking about it this way, another person's talking about this way. We're all talking about the same thing, but like we're using different terminology. So mm-hmm. even that, you know, we're just a little bit disjointed. So I would, you know, in the next five years or so, I would like to see us all, you know, kind of work on that and come together and kind of find one voice. And, you know, like there's always going to be different ways of doing things. Obviously we're all mm-hmm. artists. You know, yeah. there's 20 different ways to paint a picture. You know, we yes. can all look at the same sunset and paint a different picture and all of our pictures are beautiful. And that's the beauty of like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I just want, you know, a little bit more cohesivity to our group as a whole. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Wow. Okay. So, and, and okay. And, um, and, and so the last question I'm going to ask you is what advice would you give to you know injectors coming into the business about who they surround themselves with? Oh, oh, and and we need to get back to um, okay, that's what you were telling me. Yeah, <laughs> I was telling about all the layers, and we were talking about the groups. Yes, I've been in a lot of different groups. Mm-hmm. Some groups are very self-serving, and mm-hmm. some are genuine. Mm-hmm. And that's been a little disheartening for me over time because I'm yeah. a very genuine person. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, if I'm thinking it, I'm saying it. And like, uh-huh. sometimes that's not always a good thing. <laughs> wow. Like if you don't know my heart, like sometimes it can come off like the wrong way because I am so like, um, honest. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, some of the groups have, have not been the best for me because um, some people are um, some of the groups that I've been in, it's been very self-promotional. They're, Mm -hmm. they're not really there for camaraderie and for, um, for uh, feeding off of each other and for Mm -hmm. helping each other. It really is about um, getting them themselves further. Does that make any sense? It, it does. I mean, it, it's like, you know, they want to get the tools and things, but it's more like they're, I don't want to say uh, parasitic is not a nice word, but maybe they're kind of drawing a lot of energy from the group, but they're not giving anything. 
it's like a little bit. It's like, it'll be like, they're just there to post their work so that you can go and comment and like on it. Oh, so. And then there's no, okay. Yeah. And then we're having discussions and there's no give or take. Right. Yeah. So I don't really do well with stuff like that because Mm -hmm. I don't, and I don't, my brain doesn't compute that. Like for me, if, if I'm going to be in a, in a pod like that with you, I want to be able to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly. I want to be able to say, I want to, I want to be able to talk about anything. Oh yeah. And, and if we're truly going to be there for each other and support each other, I want us to be able to say good things, bad things, hard things, and Mm -hmm. it not be a thing. And I just haven't found that to be the case with every, with, with all of them. Mm -hmm. And so that's been hard for me. Um, maybe it's just my generation. I don't know. So, Mm -hmm. um, so some of, some of those pods have not worked out for me. And then, but I have found that some of them, some of them are people, you know, (laughs) you find your people and you're just like, oh my God, where have you been my whole entire life? You know? And I've even created, um, so Haley Wood does, Haley and Dawn uh, do an aesthetic masterminds to mm-hmm. where they got, um, I think it's eight to 10 of med spa owners together. And they've done it for, I think, three to five years. And they just opened it up to, I think there was 50 of us, maybe a hundred. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And they were like, go home and create your own. And I was like, I already have. I've, oh. I've, I've had one for three years and I didn't even realize it. Wow. And so I got home from this, this conference and I went to these girls and I was like, we're pretty much already doing this, Mm -hmm. but let's just do it to a bigger level. Mm -hmm. You know, we're going to, you know, share the, I mean, you know, show each other our dirty underwear for all intended purposes. I mean, Mm -hmm. really the financials, really everything about our med spas and really get down to the nitty gritty of what we're doing and really help each other out. We're all in different yeah. states. We mm-hmm. don't compete against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. And That's so, amazing. yeah, it's like what you say is, um, how have you found your people? And yes, social media can be amazing. It can be horrible and it can uh, be amazing. Yeah. And the good outweighs the bad. <laughs> yeah, I would think that in, in many areas of life. And, you know, and sometimes we don't find our tribe because we have not truly come. Our vibrations have been right in ourselves. You know, sometimes there's some a little bit of incongruency why we're not finding the people that truly are vibing with us. But when we do get congruent within ourselves, then we start to, you know, really attract the people and the clients that resonate with us. It's like because energy and vibrations, and I don't think you know people talk about it enough, but it truly is a thing. No, I agree. Everything we let into our lives, even including how we think about ourselves, affects the output one hundred percent. Girl, preach on it. So, so basically, everyone wants to know. Tell our listeners, Sonia, um, how can we find you on the internet? How can they get signed up for classes if they're a more um, experienced injector? Um, and just know that everything that you tell me is also going to be in the show notes. So guys, it'll be in the show notes so that you can check her out and check our Instagram. But tell us, where can we find you? 
Okay, so um, our website is www.thelabmedspa.com. Um, you can find us, The Lab Med Spa, on IG, Facebook, LinkedIn. I mean, we're everywhere. Um, my social media handle is either going to be Sonia Ellis or um, Sonia at The Lab Med Spa. So that's really easy to find. Usually, if y'all want a private training, you can either DM me at one of my uh, social media accounts or it's usually best to just um, reach out to our business director. It's Danielle at thelabmedspa.com. And she usually um, uh, schedules those private trainings. Yeah. That's excellent. Oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And all of, our, all of our trainings are on our website. So anybody who's interested in any of our private trainings, um, I have shadow days. Um, I have half training days. I have full training days. I can come to you, you can come here. Yeah. Excellent. Sonia, thank you so much for your expertise and just telling your story to everyone and digging a little deeper. Thank you so much. I have enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. Always. I can't wait until your Always. book comes out. I'm so I know, proud. guys, a diamond hand released the business within spring 2022. Wish me luck. All right, and Sonia's also quoted in that. <laughs> <laughs> like what you heard please leave us a review i appreciate you listening and your support follow us on instagram at plan life happens and comment on this episode's post also i appreciate your feedback and ideas improving is the name of the game i'm leslie tracy your host thanks for listening